0: Holy Hour of Power, UFC Catholicism, Ultimate Faithful Catholics. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you?
1: I'm reporting for duty, Jesse, and I, I did a 6 a.m. show on Wednesday mornings with Father Murr, folks. That guy is wow. outstanding. We're so blessed to have Strickland, Bishop Strickland, Father Charles Murr. Father Murr. Can I mean, you imagine? I know. we got a great lineup, and I praise God for yeah. that. Jesse, today yeah. you picked some really good articles. Number one, friend of ours, friend of the show, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Publishes a prayer begging God for an error of holy popes. Are we praying for Pope Francis? I sure hope we are, as I sure certainly am. Also, Argentina's president, he's warning the West for what? The danger of socialism out in Switzerland at this mm-hmm. economic forum. Oh, boy, did he speak the truth. It was very, let's just say, mm-hmm. not well received. And then, again, we're going to talk about what a catechesis reclaiming that. In other words, how many of us listening right now understand that most Catholics do not know their faith? That's why with the Bishop Strickland show, we uh, devote a segment or two to catechesis every week, twice, uh, two times a week, because people need to know their faith. And we're going to talk about a Crisis Magazine article that um, uh, is very important for us today. Uh, Jesse, good to know, file I just have to say this, that the German government is planning to restrict pro-life activism in front of abortion clinics. And I thought that was kind of interesting that, again, they're a type of a socialist government. They don't want freedom to go and say, hey, this is wrong, okay. Uh, Another good-to-know file is 137 abortion mills were shut down since the Dobbs decision. Uh, And you know what, Jesse? Now we're at about 60,000 babies just in the state of Texas who have been born because that uh, law went down and it was related to each state can make a decision. Texas says no abortions. Well, 60,000 babies. Hey, their population is growing. And here in California, we're killing our babies. And our population is going down because people are leaving California and they're going to Texas and other states like that. So that's my take on the need to know file.
0: One Only one thing that I want to share on the need to know file is that uh, the Emmy Awards oh, yeah. hit hit a new historic low audience. Good. <laughs> it's because uh, after the drag queens that came out on the Emmy Awards mm-hmm. and a literal hell goblin stole the show last Monday, yeah. they've uh, they've hit a new historic low. I think they got 4.3 million viewers watched the Emmy Awards hosted by Fox, according to the Nielsen data. Which is the 75th Emmy Awards, uh, you know, year. Sure. And and this is the lowest, their all-time low they've ever hit. Good. They beat they beat their previous record, which was six million, which was their all-time lowest. This was the lowest. It, it's in 75 years, and so yeah, Terry. As long as Hollywood remains uh, part of the culture of death, people are speaking with their time and with their money.
1: You got it, Jesse. I want to mention one more thing. Uh, Father uh, Father Murray, uh, Jerry Murray is a friend of ours from way back when he was first ordained a priest. His mother just passed away this week, and um, he was able to anoint his mother. Isn't that great? A priest wow. being able to anoint Mama in the hospital. She was along with her her husband, both attorneys, and he said that Mary Jane Murray. I uh, was 90 years old. I had the privilege to give her last rites in, in the hospital. My mother lived a long and blessed life. Um, her, her dad died in, in, uh, when he was 86, a few years back. And here's the neat thing. My parents were both lawyers. They met at Fordham Law School, where they were classmates. And they graduated in the spring of 1958 and were married at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. And they were serious Catholics who raised me and my sisters to love God And to remain faithful to the teachings of the church. My mother attended high school and college under the guidance of religious, of Sacred Heart of Jesus. She was devoted to, oh, yeah, she goes on and on about her mother. Isn't that interesting, Jesse, to find the fruit? Yeah, the fruit didn't fall
0: far from the tree. So I
1: just want to say, eternal rest grant unto her, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon her, and may she rest in peace.
0: Amen. Terry, you got uh, uh, Democrat experts that are saying that uh, Dean Phillips from Minnesota. He's a strategist. He says that uh, Biden cannot beat Trump this next time around.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Jesse, can I jump in? I ta- yeah. I called you before the show. I was trying to verify my sources and I did get this source. Maria Bartomo and Klaus Schwab got up and walked out of the room during the Argentinian president's speech. Uh, he was attacking the globalist power. And the hungry elites. So it, it is true. They got up and walked out because they didn't want to wow. hear him expose them for their errors. Wow. Okay. Oh, she's the conservative. Okay. Got
0: it. Yeah. Maria Bartolomo. Yeah, she's uh, she's on Fox News. Got he it. did. Yeah. Swap got also, also something interesting is that there is a historic Latin mass at the Capitol. You, did you get that? The first ever traditional Latin mass was celebrated in the US Capitol. I know somebody that was there. She texted me really? was in I there. Really? I know about that. And sent me a picture. Awesome. This this was yesterday uh the 1-year anniversary of the of the leak of an FBI memo that targeted uh <laughs> it was on Monday. Uh that that targeted uh, traditional Catholics. That's awesome. So the liturgy was a powerful reminder the priest awesome. will remain unnamed. Yeah, we don't want I
1: I can say he would was, but I'm not going to say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so uh the, the so all I could say is Jesus Christ literally Came into the state That's capital awesome. on Monday. Awesome. And there's about 50 Catholics that were there in a side room. Uh, That's uh, neat. Uh, as, the, as the Latin Mass was being offered. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Senator Cruz calls out Biden administration's Texas. partnership yeah. with the far left group. The woke and weaponized bureaucracy, of the Biden administration is using the Southern Poverty Law Center's widely debunked database to target conservatives, mm-hmm. and Ted Cruz uh, is, is warning people of this, uh, this deep collaboration between the Southern Poverty Law Center, a leftist group that's been debunked, uh, and the Biden administration. Uh, <clears throat> also, uh, <clears throat> today's a saint of the day, St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. He was the oldest of 13 children. He wrote Introduction to the Devout Life. He lived in the 16th and 17th century. He was a Catholic priest and a bishop. Uh, He helped tens of thousands of Protestants (laughs) return back to the Catholic Church. During his ministry in Switzerland, he wrote and distributed religious tracts that made inroads among Protestants and helped about 70,000 Calvinists come back to the Catholic faith. (laughs) Probably his most popular work is called The Introduction That's to right. the Devout Life. Right. Uh, he's a patron saint of writers, and his feast day traditionally marks the release of, of the Pope's annual message for World Communications Day. Uh, saint Francis, uh he was uh he faced much hostility, oh, including death threats and would-be assassins yeah. uh, as a result of his apostolic ministry. And uh he's uh he's been he's been uh, not only is he a, a saint, but he's a doctor of the church. Uh, St. Francis of Sales, pray, pray for, for us. One last thing about him. I love that he would put these little
1: pamphlets of Catholic tracts. Before, well, this was way before Catholic Answers did this. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> but he would put them on the doorstep so that people like your, like your newspaper, when they wake up, they open up. Here's a little track about the Catholic faith. And he was so effective in converting people to the faith that, uh, yeah, they, they were like, man, this guy's dangerous. And it's just a beautiful testimony of his life. And I think that we can all, uh, you know, take that introduction to the devout life. We put it on cassette tape back in the 1980s. It's a classic. So if you get a chance to pick that book up, someone asked me just today, I need a spiritual director. Well, not everybody gets a spiritual director, but you can read the classic books. And exactly. that's one of them. Read Introduction to Devout Life.
0: In, in the Introduction to the Devout Life, one of the things that he describes is in there, he suggests yeah. uh, an hour of prayer every day. Sure. Uh, to try to be free of distractions and of course you could break it up throughout the day but he says at least an hour of prayer of day he says because when you enter into the presence of god uh in in some way by remembrance by memory and by vocal prayer you you directly address god and he says it's very important the imagination to to enter into prayer into the memory into the mind of the imagination and so uh yeah he's uh his book is a practical—it's a practical guide, Terry, to the interior life.
1: Amen, Jesse. I just love all this. We get—we—we're we, pumped, man. You know why? Because we love Jesus Christ, man. And you are listeners. Come on, man. There's more to come, Jess. We got the
0: soul food now. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. On another occasion, in Mark chapter four, verse one to following, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him, so he got into the boat on the sea and sat down and the whole crowd was beside the sea on land and he taught them at length in parables and in the course of his instruction he said to them hear this a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seed fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up other seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil it sprang up at once because the soil was not deep and when the sun rose it was scorched and it was withered for lack of roots some seed fell among thorns And the thorns grew up and choked it and produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. It came up and grew and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see, but not perceive." And hear and listen, but not understand, in order that they may not be converted and be forgiven. Now he's gonna explain himself right here. He explains what he just said. He says, Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? Well, hold it right there.
1: I want more yeah. of this. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. It's so important. You're listening yeah. to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If this is your first time. Put your seatbelt on because when we come back, gonna do a little bit more Jesse's on Exegesis on the gospel today and much much more stay with us family we'll be back after a quick break welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show this segment is being brought to you by Catholic Resource Center our mother company our 501c3. Go to Catholic RC and explore the entire library filled with inspiring products on the classic teachings of the Catholic faith. Uh, the entire catalog is free for anyone who donates $25 or more to VMPR. So keep that in mind. If you want to be a monthly donor, you might as well get hundreds of dollars worth of downloads for free or your mattress. I know, oh, yes. So it's free for <laughs> you. All right, folks. Hey Jess, you were given some exegesis on the gospel of Mark, and I, I love Mark's directness. He's very direct.
0: Very short, pithy, direct. Yeah. Our Lord explains himself in in the next couple of verses what he just said. He mm-hmm. says this. So he, explain, he does his own exegesis in this yeah. chapter four. <laughs> Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear... Satan comes at once and takes away the words sown in them. So, so let me stop there. In case somebody doesn't believe in the devil, I, I just don't know how this, how Catholics and yeah. sometimes priests even re- minimize this. It's in every other gospel. It is. I, I mean, uh, people say, Joseph, you talk too much about spiritual warfare. All I do is take from the words of Jesus, and I just happen to believe them. Well, did me we just... All of life is spiritual warfare. It
1: is. And Jesse, remember what Bishop Sheen said.
0: Saints never deny hell.
1: They fear it. Unrepentant sinners never fear it. They deny it. So those Uh, who deny uh, it, Bishop Sheen said it. I didn't say it. I agree with Bishop Sheen on that.
0: That's good. Good stuff. Our Lord says, uh, as soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. Remember, he did that to uh, Judas. It says in the Bible, it says, in, uh, in 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 John's Gospel says, and Satan entered into his heart. This yeah. is an apostle. Yeah. Bible goes on to say, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, when they hear the word, receive it, once with joy, but they have no roots. They last only for a time. I'm stop there. It's like somebody goes to a retreat and has a you know, they have, they have an emotional experience. They have, a, they have some sort of spiritual consolation, maybe even some, some type of beginnings of a conversion. Yeah. But if they don't perpetuate that with the sacraments, the life of prayer, discipline and virtue, they'll lose the, the experience of that weekend conversion that they went to. They'll just completely lose it. Yep. Then our Lord says, um, then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Think about all the people that fell away after COVID-19 and haven't come back, Terry. Yep,
1: that's true.
0: That was a type of tribulation, and people fell away. They got so they they got so uh depressed and 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 full of anxiety, they haven't come back to church. Then it says <clears throat> they, they are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of a rich the lure of riches, and the craving for other things, and true and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil, that's somebody in a state of grace who's who's working on his interior life. It says, are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold the gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord
0: Jesus Christ. In other words, if, if your interiority, if you're working on your interiority, it's going to be easier you to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's going to be easier for you to receive Uh, the flow of grace that comes from the sacraments and prayer into your soul if you're already predisposing yourself by cultivating your interior life.
1: And Jesse, I just want to throw something in earlier. You mentioned about hell. Um, On our website, or I should say our YouTube channel, uh, Full Sheen Ahead, we put a video called What Every Catholic Needs to Know About Hell. Had Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, had all our guys at a family conference very well professionally done and thousands and thousands of people are watching it and they and this is what we produced back in the 1990s Jesse and it's still you know and this doesn't change this is what i want to convey to people the eternal truths of the faith they don't change just because you have a new pope or a new priest or a new bishop whatever no that's immaterial we have the deposit of faith and i just want to encourage people to go to our our uh, our YouTube channel, Full Sheen Ahead. Watch it. It's 58 minutes long. But I'm going to tell you, they give all the scripture verses. I mean, it's, it's, it's well. You remember Alex Jones, the black Pentecostal oh, oh, yeah. priest? Rest uh, in peace. man that came to the faith? Rest in peace. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. His whole church came in. He was in that video. I watched Jesse, and I said, oh, my gosh. Was that 25 years ago?
0: Yeah. It's still relevant because it's truth, and truth never expires.
1: Exactly, bro. All right. Yeah. Let's get to um, the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Yep, here comes the train. He said this, and this is something not, you know, we have very few priests who listen. But Bishop Sheen said, the priest who has not kept near the fires of the tabernacle cannot strike no sparks from the pulpit. So I, I really say that when I talk to my priest friends. Bishop Sheen encourages them to get that daily holy hour in. And, and it really does affect. I I remember as a young man, Jesse, my teenage years, Father Chris Tug at the 630 Mass would be in church 45 minutes before Mass on his knees praying before the tabernacle. You think that affected me, Jess? Of course it did. And this man, when he when he preached, people heard him because he was as solid as a rock. But he also had an interior life and a devotion to the Holy Eucharist. So I think wow. we could use that today, brother.
0: Absolutely. Terry, in, um, in, in that uh, YouTube video, What Every Catholic Needs to Know About Hell, yeah, yeah. you also have there, because okay, I watched it, you have the young Father Sean Collins. Oh,
1: my gosh. I Look at him today. And nice.
0: Terry, he just got canceled. Mm-hmm. You know that.
1: Yes, of course. And I, when I see him today, by the po- years
0: later. By, uh, by the by yeah, his bishop through course. the post. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was a holy priest. You know what he was, just folks, just so everybody knows? He was a seminarian when Jess and I met him at the Fathers of Mercy. He stayed at my house. I remember all those Fathers of Mercy, six, seven of them. we yep. pile them in at my place. And um, he did the, if you remember the video on the Eucharist at the chapel, two and a half hours of Eucharistic um, meditations from the saints. The guy's a holy man. Um, yeah. Hey, I guess he got fired and you know he's in good company with other priests that have had the same thing happen to him.
0: Yeah, he, he ended up leaving the Fathers of Mercy a few years later and he started his own order. And it was a it's a it was a traditional Latin Mass order. Right. Uh I I got it on my phone somewhere. I have but, it,
1: but he he it was a it was a, actually a more traditional Fathers of Mercy order. Yeah. Uh, it was tied into the Fathers of Mercy, but they had like different founders or different uh, charisms. And this one had the charism of a Trinitine Mass.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's what he just had a real love for the Trinitine Mass. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, God bless him. And uh yeah. Hey, Terry, I uh, want to talk about one of the all-stars in the Catholic Church, Bishop Schneider. <laughs> he published a new prayer begging God for an era of holy popes. Oh, my gosh. And I'm trying That's to say this idea. prayer every day. I've just printed it out. I'm trying to say it every day, Terry. Yeah. It was published, this letter, on the Feast of St. Peter's Chair in Rome. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Schneider's prayer asks that, quote, "...through an era of holy popes, may the holy See always shine." As the cathedra of truth for the whole world. Wow. So Bishop Athanasius Snyder, he's the uh the Bishop of the Diocese of Saint Mary's in Astana, Kazakhstan. Astana.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: And he's published a new prayer for God to intercede uh for his church for an era of holy popes. So here's here's the following prayer. Be a good idea for people to click on this link, print out the prayer, tape it in, you know, sure. in your mirror, in your closet, and in your bedroom, you know your dresser drawer and your computer, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to start saying this prayer every right. day. And so here it goes: the prayer, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, it, it's, he writes, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the Good Shepherd. With your almighty hand, you guide your pilgrim Church through the storms of each age. Adorn the Holy See, with holy popes who neither fear the powerful of this world nor compromise with the spirit of the age, Amen. but preserve, strengthen, and defend the Catholic faith unto the shedding of their blood and observe, protect, and hand on the venerable liturgy of the Roman Church. O Lord, return to us through holy popes who inflame with, a zeal, who inflame with the zeal of the apostles, proclaim to the whole world, salvation is found in no other than in Jesus Christ, For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Uh, Through an heir of holy popes, may the Holy See, which is home to all who promote the Catholic faith and the apostolic faith, always shine as the cathedra of truth for the whole world. Hear us, O Lord. And through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mother of the Church, grant us holy popes, grant us many holy popes, have mercy on us and hear us. Amen.
1: Wow, it's a short prayer that everybody can pray that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And Jesse, you know, that's one of the charisms of VMPR. Yes, we criticize prelates all the way up to the Pope. If it's not teaching what the church teaches, we ask questions. But we're also praying for the Holy Father. We're making reparation. Because let's be honest. Father Merges told me today, if he goes back to Rome, he's very uncomfortable going into St. Peter's Basilica. And he said, why? Because the Pachamama. He said that place needs to be purified of that. And I think he's got a point. <laughs> this is why we're concerned. So why do we pray not, for the Pope?
0: Not only though, he wrote the book, uh, Murder in the 33rd That's Degree. True. So it probably wouldn't be safe for him to go into uh, the, the Holy See where there's probably still a lot of Masons that work there. Well,
1: let me just mention this. He said it again on today's show, which will be aired next week, that uh, he's hoping Pope Francis will open up the files of Father Gagn- uh, Cardinal Gagnon's file from 1970s Exposing Freemasonry in the church, and um, he now has his book in Italian, Polish, Portuguese, uh, there are about ten or twelve languages that book, and he's been on the air on TV this this past uh, month in Italy because the book is selling out fast. and here's a great little tip for everybody. Are you ready for this, folks? The books in Rome that they were you know the publisher who sent them to Rome, they sold out in one day. They had to restock, order. So I'm telling you, Jesse, the, the emperor has no clothes on. I mean, we're really realizing that there's something wrong with our church inside. And people are saying, you know what? Give us full disclosure. We're demanding it. Canon 212. And we should do that.
0: Yeah, but there's there's uh, still people in the opposition. There's Pope-splainers yeah. that, boy, oh, boy. No matter uh, what. No matter what. Uh, <clears throat> Anybody does in the Holy See, Terry, they will defend them, uh, you know, with, with maximum determination yeah. and criticize everybody else. They'll call us a bunch of dissidents because, you know, who are you? Who are you to uh, issue criticisms of the Holy Father? So the last thing I want to say about Bishop Snyder, he writes here in this, he says, Dear faithful Catholics, especially those who suffer as they witness our Holy Mother Church live through an unprecedented crisis. Dear Catholic fathers and mothers of families, dear yeah. Catholic young people, dear innocent Catholic children. Yes. And especially dear religious contemplative sisters. Right. The spiritual gems of the church. Dear Catholic seminarians, dear Catholic priests who are the love of the sacred heart of Jesus. The confusion within the church has reached the point such that we must pray to the Lord with the words of Esther. Chapter 4, verse 31. Beautiful. We quote, we have no helper but you, Lord. Close quote. Therefore, let us take refuge in the immaculate heart of Mary, through the daily prayer to implore holy popes. Let us cry out with the psalmist: "Arise, O Lord! Why do you sleep? Arise, O Lord! Help us and bring us salvation."
1: Bishop Snyder, thank you so much for that prayer. We're going to have it's, we can help it. We're going to have thousands of people praying that prayer for Holy Mother the Church and the Holy Father in the future. Stay with us when we come back. We'll talk about Argentina's president uh, condemning socialism. Stay with. us. Welcome back. Indeed, this segment today is being uh, brought to you by Tan Books. Go to vmpr.org, click on the Tan Book logo to shop for all your Catholic books needs. I'm going to tell you one that you need to get right now. It's called Persecuted from Within, How the Saints Endured the Crisis in the Church by Joshua Charles. We're going to be mm. doing an interview. That, that book is gold. And then what happens is they go to our website, Tan's generous. They give us a little bit of the profit of the book. It supports VMPR.org. So just, you know, consider going to our VMPR.org. Click on the TAN book and then buy your books that way, and, and it'll participate in helping us continue the mission of VMPR.org.
0: Terry, I'm going to do the same setup as Sophia Press. They want to start also uh, Good. chipping off some, so I'm going to put them in contact with you as well. Excellent. want to talk about Argentina's new president, Javier Milei? Mm-hmm. He warns Davos to abandon socialism. He says that the West is in danger. Javier Malay is a libertarian. He's a populist. And I want you to listen to what Argentina's new president, they call him a chainsaw. All Argentina's new chainsaw-wielding president. Well, such an president. extreme
1: position compared to what he came <laughs> from. Argentina, what did it have, like a couple hundred percent inflation? And this guy takes on and says, we're going in a new direction.
0: Yeah, they had they had one socialist after another, Terry, running the country. Yeah. So Argentine president Javier Milei, and by the way, his, his vice president, I heard, is a is a mother of seven children that goes to the Latin Mass. Awesome. So, yeah, the VP. So Javier Milei delivered an an address fiercely condemning socialism at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, Mm -hmm. rejecting, quote, the radical feminist and environmental agendas fueled by socialism as well. Good job. Javier Malay urged world leaders to embrace capitalism as an alternative. Malay, a libertarian economist, explained in a roughly 20-minute speech how socialism ultimately leads to poverty, how the state is not the solution, but rather the problem itself, sounds like Ronald Reagan, and how leftism has co-opted Western government institutions to further its agendas. Wednesday's speech was Javier Malay's first international address since taking office in, De- in December. Wow. He said, quote, I am here today to tell you <clears throat> that the West is in danger. You it right. is in danger because those who are supposed to uphold the values of the West find themselves co-opted by a worldview that inexorably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty. Look Hopefully. at his
1: own country. He's Exhibit A. Hey, Jess, Father Uriki, uh from the Acton Institute documented so well in a book I have of his that the number one um, way of pulling people out of poverty and, is is capitalism. That's pulled more people out of poverty than any of the others combined. So let's just be honest. It, it, I mean, having the government take care of you isn't going to motivate you to go to work. So... Capitalism does that. So I, I appreciate him, his willingness to go in and the belly of the beast and say, that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, Jesse, the guy got out alive.
0: I know. <laughs> Malay said in the opening of his speech, the Argentine president lamented that world leaders have abandoned the ideas of freedom, embracing instead several versions of leftism, yep. which he categorized as being versions of the same ideology of collectivism. He nailed it. By the way, the collectivism is denounced by the new catechism. Yep. Uh, it's 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 part of uh, the the it's it's uh, the negation of the principle of subsidiarity. Right. It's co- collectivism is the enemy of Catholic social teaching, i.e., the principle of subsidiarity. Continues, without naming cases, Javier Mele explained that some had embraced such leftist ideas out of a desire to help others while others had done so to try to belong to a privileged caste. (laughs) He said Javier Malay said, We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict uh, that afflict the citizens of the world, but on the contrary, they are the cause, close quote. Javier Malay said, quote, believe me, there is no one better than us Argentines to bear witness to these two (laughs) issues, close quote. Malay continued to by recounting how Argentina after having become a world power in 1860, had seen itself become impoverished over the past hundred years by embracing collectivist ideas. Yep. Terry, you want to pick it up? Yeah, I will. In their exhibit way, they say that capitalism
1: is bad because it's individualistic, and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic. Consequently, they strive for social justice. Emily said, "But this concept, which is the first world." has become fashionable in the last decade has been a constant has been constant in my country's political discourse for more than 80 years. Jesse, mm. Argentina was the was the powerhouse of South America at one time when it was a capitalist country, not socialist. It had re, it still has resources that are out the zoo, but every time show me one country that embraces uh, socialism that does well for its people and its economy, and, you know, I'll, I'll say, okay, but there's none.
0: Generally, socialism or communism, they turn against the people. They do. And then end up committing what's called uh, 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 deicide. Or no, not deicide. It's called, uh, there's a word for government killing people. Yeah. It'll come to me right now. But go Continue. ahead, Okay, the problem is
1: that social justice is not only not fair, but it also does not contribute to the general welfare. Mm. On the contrary, it's intrinsically unjust idea because it is violent. It is unjust because the state is financed, and this is so good, by the taxes, and the taxes are levied coercively. Or can any of us choose not to pay taxes? I don't think so. Which means that the state is financed through coercion and the great and and the greater the tax burden, the greater the coercion. Let me give an example of this, because so people say, what are you talking about? Think about this. Every time a country like France decided to overtax people who are doing financially well to a point where they took like 90% of their income, they just move. And they don't. Then they, then the government gets zero. We're, we're having this in California. We have a $68 billion deficit. You know what the solution is? The middle class and upper class, we're going to raise the tax rates so that they can help us pay for our exceeding spending that we did. So... When you get to a point in a country where you're taking more than what, like right yeah. now, people just say, "I'll pack my bags and I'll leave." I mean, I'll give you an example, Jesse. You're a sheriff. How many sheriffs that retire? L.A. County. There's ten thousand sheriffs active, but there're always thousands of them retiring. How many of them stay in the state of California?
0: Not. I would in? say I would say more than half leave. Terry, and and the reason is a- Arizona is saturated. Yep. Saturated. Goes so Nevada. Uh, yeah, in Nevada, with retired uh, cops. L.A. Yeah. cops, sheriffs, yep. uh, marshals, highway patrol. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I run across them all. Hey, you're Jesse Romero. I watch you on YouTube. I'm a yep. retired highway California Highway Patrol. I'm Good. a retired Alhambra Police Department. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and it's they, because they, 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 the taxes... Yeah. That you're making so much more money when you're not in a state that overburdens you with taxes. So this guy's spot on. Continue, Jess.
0: Okay, where did you leave off?
1: Well, uh, where he continues his address by saying that the world is at its best today thanks to capitalism. What I just stated.
0: Okay, continue. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. catch you. up. Uh,
1: there has never been in all human history a time of greater prosperity than the one we live in today. Billy said, the world today is freer, richer, and more peaceful and more prosperous than at any other time in our history. I see it. Okay. Go for it.
0: Malay reiterated his opening warning that the West is in danger, asserting that the political and economic establishments in countries Mm -hmm. that are supposed to defend free market values, private property, and other libertarian ideas are instead opening the doors to socialism. Right here. And potentially condemning their peoples to poverty, misery, and stagnation. Because it it must never be forgotten that socialism is always, and everywhere... An impoverishing phenomenon that failed in all the countries where it was tried, Javier Malay said. It was an economic failure. It was a social failure. It was a cultural failure. It also took the lives of 150 million human beings. Yeah, that's called democide, the death by government. When government gets so big, uh, we call that communism. What do they start doing? They start killing off their people.
1: And let's be honest, every pope for ever, I mean, for hundreds of years, has been condemning socialism, communism.
0: Except this one.
1: Well, that's a good point. Let's read. The essential problem of the West, he says, is that we must not only confront those who even after the fall of Berlin in the early 90s, overwhelmingly spiral uh, uh, um, expir- evidence continued to strive for impoverishing socialism, but it also... Our own leaders, thinkers, and academics who who, under a mistaken theoretical framework, undermine the foundations of a system that has given us the greatest expansion of the wealth and prosperity in our history. J- Jesse, this man is speaking so clear that I can see why people would walk out on him if they don't agree with socialist if they are for socialism. So, he's so who, him. Who, who,
0: who walked out on him, Terry? What's the big name? Uh, well, out? the
1: big name here that I got
0: was it George? No, no, no. no. It
1: was hang no. on, I got it right here. It was um, Klaus Schwab.
0: Got oh, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, he's, big the, name. he's a big name. He's the president of the yeah. of the World Economic Forum. He, I
1: got it right here.
0: Yeah, he's so, the big troublemaker. He's yeah. the one that says that. By 2030, none of us will own any property and we'll all be happy.
1: And you see why he was upset about the president? Are you kidding? You think he'll ever get
0: another chance to speak there? I don't think so, Jess. And, and I heard that he was not the only person that spoke out that way. There was about well, he, four speakers. He
1: emboldens others to speak. Once you once one guy says something, Jesse, haven't you noticed that about people? Yes, yes. I have. Be bold.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's exactly what he did. Uh <clears throat> Uh, he explained the essential problem of the West today is that we must not only confront those who. Eat, uh, no, you already. Mal- Malay also condemned socialism for fueling a ridiculous fight between men and women through feminist movements. Thank you. Libertarianism already establishes equality between the sexes. We all have the same rights, rights granted by the Creator, Malay said. Glad the only thing that this agenda of radical feminism has resulted in is greater intervention by the state to hinder economic growth. Giving work to bureaucrats who did not contribute anything to society, whether in the format of the Ministry of Women or in international organizations dedicated to promoting this agenda, Malay also criticized socialism for sparking the fight of man against nature through yep. climate change activism and organizations. Not
1: all, and this is they really socialists. Important.
0: The socialists maintained that human beings damage the planet right. and that it must be protected at all costs, even going so far as to advocate for population control mechanisms yep. for the bl- of, or the bloody agenda of abortion. He added. These harmful ideas have strongly permeated society. Malay explained that the left was able to achieve its goals thanks to the appropriation of the media, culture, universities, and international organizations. This last case is the most serious because they have influence on political decisions. So he was slamming, he was looking, he was talking about the World Economic Forum to their faith on their stage. It takes Gary.
1: guts, man. I mean, I, I really want to wow. take my hat is off to him because I have not seen any politician on. do something like that. In my entire
0: life. They call him the Trump of Latin America.
1: Yeah, for good reason. Hey, when we come back, we'll have more on the Terry and Jesse show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry
0: and Jesse. We
1: are here. This segment is going to be brought to you by Real Estate for Life. Go to our website, vmpr.org. If you're going to buy or sell a house, they give us a little referral fee for giving them the connection for you buying or selling a house. It doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you can just go to vmpr.org and type in where it says Real Estate for Life.
0: Terry, you're the one that I remember in conversations, okay. you're the one that taught me about 25 years ago that's when right. we were both young men, yeah. <laughs> a lot younger than now. You're the one that told me, "Hey, Jess, you got to watch out for some of the catechisms out there." Oh yeah, Dutch catechism. Yes. Yeah, you were you were telling me that. Ooh, 20, 25, almost yeah. 30 years ago, said there's some catechisms you need to stay away yeah, from. That's true. And I didn't really. Oh, I was, what, what's Terry talking about? I thought <laughs> I thought of it. I thought of it as catechism. You can trust it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's uh, not the case. No. I mean. There, you did turn me on like 25 years, 30 years ago to a good catechism, which I still have today. It's called the the Father John Father Harden's John,
1: Catechism. Father John, 1975. I, that's the one that got yeah. me my senior year in high school.
0: Yeah, yeah. You turned me on to that catechism, oh, but, and I would tell you about other ones that were coming out. I said, stay away from that one. Stay yeah. away from that one. Stay away from <laughs> that one. So you kind of schooled me. So yeah. I'm glad somebody wrote about this, Terry. Yeah. A, a catechism to reclaim catechism is yeah. what the article's called. Right. So... <clears throat> Let me get right to the be- sure. to the to the paragraph where it starts yeah. it off. It says, first, a galling certainty. Catholics have been living in a serious catechism crisis for the past mm-hmm. half century. True, true. Although curiously underdocumented, it is a plain and printed fact that a grave rupture has occurred within the church's catechetical manuscript tradition. That body of textual artifacts, often simply called catechisms, designed to both illustrate and affect the church's traditio or handing on." of the basic truths of the Catholic faith. As this faith remains essentially unchanged from time and space, one should expect to find discernibly discernible continuity among all Catholic catechisms. And there are thousands of these, as described elsewhere. However, for nearly 60 years, scores of faulty catechisms had appeared under Catholic auspices, containing manifest errors in faith or morals, or both from encouraging sexual deviancy to denying the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ an alarming number of such works have been approved by bishops yeah. and employed in parishes schools and seminaries around the world since the close of the second Vatican council furthering the catechetical deformation of three of three generations Jesse this is incredibly important like The
1: Dutch Catechism even denied that there were angels, meaning good or bad angels. Come on, give me a break. How fundamental is that? Now, the article says this disaster was lamented by the late Pope Benedict XVI on several occasions. He once observed in the post-concicular period, the concrete transmission of content of Christian faith was not achieved, that a contemporary pope could not even form such a... Could, could even form, could even... Could even form, yeah, sorry. Could even form, thank you. A staggering claim is perhaps sufficient proof that something has gone catastrophically wrong in catechesis, and although even the revised rite of the Episcopal consecration requires the bishop-elect to swear to maintain... This is a very important... I've been meaning... Which, which
0: they don't.
1: Yeah, well, because they're, but they're half obligated. Of
0: half of them don't. Right,
1: and we want to hold them to their promise to maintain the deposit of faith... The entire right and incorrupt is handed down from the apostles professed by the church everywhere and at all times it must be that this vow has been publicly and repeatedly broken for decades when it comes to catechesis and that's why people get mad at us just when i say wait a minute bishop you made a promise this idea that you're saying that homosexuality is not, no longer a sin because science has proven that you know that, wait a minute you're, you're endangering the salvation. I'm going to do you a favor, dude. I mean it, over due respect. I'm going to do you a favor and call you out and say, keep your promise to you, the deposit of faith. I'm keeping my promise to my wife. Jesse's keeping his wife, his promise to his wife. So why not call them out on this? Some people would say that's imprudent. You know what I say? That's love being extra. It's, it's, the, corp- it's the, uh, the works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy, that when someone is doing something wrong, even if it's the cardinal or even the pope, that out of charity, we correct them with love and devotion.
0: It says here, rather than prevent the deadly poison of bad catechism, mm-hmm. many hierarchs, those are bishops, have instead tolerated, written, yep. or endorsed texts that continue to perpetuate this observable break yep. in the catechetical manuscript tradition of the church. Of course, mere episcopal approval has never been a sufficient guarantee of a catechism's orthodoxy amid times of ecclesiastical crisis. A historical observation made elsewhere, and certainly true of our own time. In such periods, the measure of any given book against what came before remains essential. A comparison made even more pressing when the church's living office holders neglect to guard and communicate this same deposit. Wow. A further demonstration of the rupture itself may therefore prove instructive. In light of a promising return to continuity in our time, As there are now too many examples to permit a full examination, just a few will need to suffice. The first and most infamous example (laughs) is De Nui Catechismus in 1966, or the Dutch Catechism, issued by the bishops of the Netherlands just after Vatican II. It bore the imprimatur of Bernardus Cardinal Alfrink as a self-proclaimed new type of catechism suitable to the present day and sold millions of copies in several languages, impacting religious education curricula worldwide, despite being decried as manifestly heretical regarding the dogmas of creation, the fall, the virgin birth, the atonement, the sacraments, lot and more. more. <laughs> among, this, among this catechism, more execrable passages, one finds a clear reason for the plummeting of Eucharistic faith in its blithe assertion. In the Dutch Catechism, it says this on page 345, quote, Particles which may have been left behind on the altar cloth are not in any sense the presence of Christ, close quote, heresy. Contradicting the dogmatic affirmations of the Council of Trent, in a striking offense to the apostolic dignity, the dissident Dutch bishops received no discipline or canonical punishment even after a Vatican censure of their book, which they summarily ignored and later dissent from *Humane Vitae, the 1968 encyclical of Pope Paul VI reaffirming the intrinsic evil of artificial contraception. While it will be impossible to judge the extent of this catechism's responsibility for the demographic extinction of Catholicism in the Netherlands, one thing is certain, it has not bolstered it. Also, the calamitous Christ amongst us in 1967 by a celebrated priest under the imprimatur of John Cardinal Dearden from Detroit another modernist, appeared shortly afterward in the United States. In many ways, it was worse than the prior Dutch deviation, especially due to its wide circulation in the early 2000s. Among other errors, this catechism maintains that the human soul, quote, comes out by by the evolutionary process, close quote, rather than through a direct and personal act of God. That's on page 24, that heretical catechism. And that the earth on page 98 is especially sacred in itself, And that St. Peter was not endowed with supreme jurisdiction. That's Um. on page 138, that heresy. And that the authors of sacred scripture were subject to error, page 157, of Christ among us.
1: And you wonder why we have problems, Jesse? This was going on when many of us were just kids. And so don't blame it just on the last 10 years. This has been going on for a long time. Continue, Jess.
0: Yeah, Terry, you're the one that told me about all these catechisms. Oh, well,
1: I was educated on it when I was a young man. I didn't know
0: the first thing about these problems. Yeah. Later came the German Catechism back in 1985, published by the Ecclesiastical Approval from Joseph Cardinal Hoffner. Although most of its faults may be assigned to painful ambiguities, (laughs) incompleteness, and obfuscation, this Catechism quite openly questions or departs from the Church's constant teaching on the historicity of Genesis, man's universal descent from an original human pair, the miraculous creation of Eve, and the nature of original sin all in favor of countenancing evolutionary theories. As it was the predecessors of these same bishops in Charles Darwin's lifetime who authoritatively condemned these theories as clearly opposed to sacred scripture and to the faith, the irony is about as thick as the proverbial primordial soup. As Dr. Scott Hahn says on his course on Genesis, that if you miss it on Genesis, oh, especially chapter 1 through 11, yeah. you're going to miss the entire Bible. Amen. Nothing's going to, you're not, you're not going to understand all of salvation history and the doctrines of the faith if you reject Genesis chapter 1 verse through 11.
1: Great article. Keep going. We only got a The Catechism
0: of, of the Catholic Church, while a helpful corrective on some points in 1992, only furthered the doctrinal confusion on several others the most notable being the nature and governance of the church, religious liberty, holy orders, and, per its most recent addition, capital punishment. The almost numberless derivative works based on the CCC have done little more than reaffirm the oddities of the original, subjecting them to the same lack of precision and congruence with the manuscript tradition. For instance, Bishop James Griffin's summary of the New Catholic Catechism, 1994, maintains, Quote, all people have a natural right flowing from the essential dignity of the human person to express the religious beliefs in public and in private. Page 102, mm-hmm. a proposition remarkably similar to errors that were formally condemned by the church in 1864. Namely, quote, men should uphold the civil liberty of every worship and the full power to manifest openly and publicly any kind of opinions and ideas and be allowed to have public exercises of any form of worship "...of their own." Close quote. Such examples could fill many volumes. Suffice it to say for 50 years, stacks of catechisms, summaries, handbooks, and curricula have been published with Catholic on the cover, but with content differing significantly from that of prior catechisms. This is done, often done without mention or explanation of these differences beyond sweeping imperatives like, quote, "...to be truly Catholic is to live according to the spirit and attitude launched by the Second Vatican Council." Close quote. Or to put it more simply, things have changed. Get with the program. Close quote. In fact, for those with any training in logic, the fallacy of the bare assertion has been the standard fare of most catechisms in recent years. Regardless of how divergent a given tenet or practice might be f- from the Catholicism of our saints and forebears, and there are few now living who remember it. Nevertheless, a simple and unbiased comparison of nearly any catechism from the post-conciliar period, against those which came before will generally lead to the conclusion one of these things is not like the other. Even a cursory review by the average adult reader will inevitably betray a characteristic shared by most catechisms written since 1965 summarizable in one word, discontinuity. Terry, we'll talk more about this tomorrow because this is good. I want to continue this tomorrow on segment two. Sounds
1: good. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse, Bottom line is, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. So what state should we be living in, brother?
0: Live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray your rosary every day. And everybody, read your Baltimore Catechism. (laughs) Read your Baltimore Catechism.
1: Exactly. And you know what? Catholic Truth Society out of London, England, has a little penny catechism that's based on the Baltimore Catechism. I used to hand those out because it was such a good one. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, God bless you and the family. Take care now. We'll see you again tomorrow to continue on this wonderful topic of catechesis. And I want to thank you for all your support here that you've given us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio with your prayers and your financial support. God love you.